Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Traveling by plane is uncomfortable for most of us, but for plus-size people, it can be a nightmare. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. For some people, having the money and time to travel is the ultimate life goal. But how can you be a jet setter if airplane seats don't accommodate your body? Think about it. When was the last time you flew on a plane in a standard seat and you were actually comfortable? This week in our series, Bias Against Bodies, we are breaking down how fat phobia shows up in different parts of our lives. And today, we're talking travel. Joining us to discuss are Chicago-based podcasters Nikki Nunez and Alex Stewart. They co-host the dating podcast Swipe Fat, and they've started leading trips around the world with groups of plus-size people. Nikki, tell us about your past experience. Have you always loved to travel? I have not. Um, I I travel a lot as a kid, okay. but I, until we started our um, our Fat Babe vacations, I'd never gone out of country. Oh, really? So our Greece trip was the first time I went international. Was that a, a big shock to you to, to head on to that side of the world? Um, it was great because I had Alex and I had the girls <laughs> um, and they were a comfort. But yeah, I think uh, I, I had a lot of fears going into it, yeah. which I think is also what stopped me from going for a long time. Yeah. How about you, Alex? Yeah, I've, I've traveled a lot. You're a jet setter? Yeah, yeah she's yeah, a jet setter. Jet setter. I'm so cool. Um, no, I've just always done it um, ever since we were kids. Like, my family was uh, big into travel. My dad traveled a lot for work. So okay. We traveled with him a lot. So it was just like, you know, a regular thing for you. Yeah, very normal. I grew up straight size, too. So travel didn't, like, stop me because I didn't have to think about it. Like, it was made for my body to do, you know, like be on a plane or do activities or all that stuff. So I don't think I ever thought that it was, wasn't something I could do. I see. So that didn't stop me. But now that I'm plus size, things are a little different. Like what? Like being on a plane, needing an extender seatbelt sometimes. It depends on the plane. You don't always need one, but sometimes you do. Being a little uncomfortable on the plane, needing to think about um, if I do want to do an activity when I'm traveling, mm-hmm. calling beforehand to make sure that I can do that activity, like zip lining or bungee jumping. I like adventure stuff. So yeah. making sure I can fit in the uh, clothing that you have to wear doing those things too. How do people respond when you make those calls in advance? Usually people are like, you know, have a standard response and, you know, yes, you can or maybe no, this might be an issue. Um, So usually it's not a problem once you ask the question. I think it's the gearing up to ask the question. We get in our heads a lot about it because we think we're going to be judged by the people on the other end of the line. Like, Mm -hmm. oh man, you you like let yourself go or you can't even do the things you want to do because you're fat. Like how sad for you Mm -hmm. when that's really not the case a lot of the time. Do you agree, Nikki? Yeah, or it's like feeling like an inconvenience. It's just another step to think about that not everybody has to think about. Same with like flying. I think about the people I'm going to be sat around or what happens if I'm sitting in the middle seat. They're going to hate me. It's just so many other thoughts Mm -hmm. that go through your head that I don't think straight-sized people have to think about. Yeah. Well, the Federal Aviation Administration regulates that seat size on airplanes that we're talking about. Last year, it took comments and feedback on airplane seats, and we actually reached out to a couple of people who left public comments and also a professor who's written about airline policy. So here's a little bit of what they had to say. At 
six foot three and nearly 300 pounds, no airline seat is comfortable. I deserve to be as comfortable as anybody else is on an airline. This is part of the safety. If people aren't comfortable, they're not safe. No one wants to be uncomfortable or make other people uncomfortable. Over the past century, body weights have increased, as have body heights and longevity of life. Body weight is primarily genetic. We need airplane minimum seat requirements that do not discriminate, especially against a trait that people do not have control over. This is why I'm asking the FAA to increase the minimum airplane seat size. So that was James Stewart from Los Angeles, Ball State University Professor Joyce Huff, and Tara Criscuolo from Portland, Oregon. What's your reaction, Alex, to what we just heard? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's hard to think like, if you live in a body, just straight-sized body, you don't think about those things when you're going on a flight, how anxiety-inducing it is to be like, oh, man, I'm going to make someone next to me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think about that a lot. Yeah. Um, I might fit in the seat. I'm very narrow. Okay. Um, I'm bigger on top. <laughs> so I like get uncomfortable that I'm like, you know, my arms are going to be in the way because mm-hmm. I need more space up top or um, my seat isn't like the tray table maybe won't come down all the way. And if I want to get up to like, I can't just walk over, you know, you can't like climb over somebody. Yeah. I need them to stand up and get out of the way. And I think a lot of people think those are inconveniences. And I don't know, you see a lot of stuff on TikTok and Instagram where people are complaining about being mm-hmm. next to people who are bigger. Yeah, I've seen that too. I've seen that too. And as, as someone who has a straight sized body, that's not something that I've had to primarily think about. But when I've when I think back to instances where when my, my motherhood journey first began and I was flying with my kids, right, yeah. when they were babies and toddlers, the same thing you just brought up, Alex, that thought of, oh, my gosh, am I going to make the person next to me uncomfortable yeah. or the people around me? I'm coming on with a B word, a baby. <laughs> Uh-oh. Right. But then I get through that phase, right, because then they get older and it, it's fine. Yeah. Right. So I don't have the experience of like that just being a constant. Right. What are your thoughts, Nikki? Yeah, I think it's, you know, there's the fear of the person next to you is going to text their friend. Oh, no, I'm with next to this fat person. I, I had a woman, a plus size woman who ended up sitting in the middle seat next to me on my flight home to, for Christmas. And she apologized for being in my space because oh, wow. she, she felt like she had to. And I was like, no, like, girl, you're good. Like, you're safe, but I'm sure I'm not the first person she's apologized to for sitting next to them. I'm sure she does that all the time. That's an awful thing to think about. Which is pretty, pretty awful. Have you ever decided, Nikki, not to do something because you were worried uh, a space wouldn't accommodate your body? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've for a long time, I didn't do a lot of things because of my body. And I think the great thing about us starting these trips is like you don't have to wait to do things until you're a certain size. And it took me a long time to like get to that place. And I'm so happy I did. Well, I want to play another clip. This is from someone who has spent her career tracing the origins of structural weight bias. This is Ball State University professor Joyce Huff. The Industrial Revolution caused a major change in the way we think about bodies in relationship to the built environment. Basically, mass production created a standardized environment to which individual bodies were expected to adapt. And this coincided with a rise in anti-fat bias. So Professor Huff is is talking about the expectation that people change their bodies to fit the built environment rather than the other way around. So where else does that show up for you, Nikki? 
I mean, I, I can say like as fat people, we try to change our body for society, for society standards. Just like acceptance? Acceptance. General acceptance. For dating, for fashion, Clothes, yeah. for almost everything. We are not the standard. Even, But if you, for statistically, the average woman is plus size. Yeah, over a size 16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 16, 18. What is considered plus size so that we're we're clear? I mean, it it's so different based on fashion-wise. Based on the magazine you pick up? Yeah. Based yeah. On, I mean, even based, based on, on the TV programs even you based watch? On, like, you could be, like, at Old Navy, it's going to be different than if you shop at, you know, an anthropology. Every size is different everywhere. So it's it's hard to be like, oh, if you're a size 16, you're plus, like... But an average plus-size store is going to start at a size 12 and go up. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then straight-size stores or your average, like, big-box store will usually go to a size 18, and um, but it's a, not a plus size eighteen. It's a straight, straight size, size eighteen, 18 yeah. which so is a little different. Wide. It's convoluted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you both co-host a podcast about dating, as I yeah. mentioned earlier. Does this show up in your dating lives? Yeah, absolutely. We have a whole podcast about it, <laughs> about how the, it's different dating well being plus size. It's just there's different things that go on in your life. Um, you have to think about different things like are you portraying your actual self online? I, we second guess every photo that we put on our dating profile because what if we're showing a thinner version of ourselves? It's There's so many things that go through your head. Yeah, I think we're constantly worried about catfishing mm-hmm. someone. Um, and you know, there's a term for it called fat fishing. So it's like an actual thing that people think about. Yeah. Um, where it's like, you'll show up and they'll be nervous or they'll be like, Oh, you don't look at anything like your photos. Um, you look a lot fatter, Mm -hmm. um, prettier, whatever. But I think like we're, I mean, there's a look you get Mm -hmm. when you show up and they're not expecting you to look. What's the feeling inside when you see that look? Cause it sounds like a look that you immediately yeah, you know. You immediately know yeah. when it happens. It's like gut-wrenching. Yeah, degrading almost. Yeah. 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 Like they're looking you up and down and, and sizing like, you up. Yeah, literally. like you're not good enough. Before you even know me. Yeah. You know one thing about me, mm-hmm. and it's that I'm fat. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know anything else. <laughs> yeah. And then there's all those assumptions that you think come with that, um, which is that, you know, she eats too much. She doesn't have any self-control. Um, she's lazy. She's lazy. Yeah. There's all these like assum- that we think that they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, like- but society's put them out there. Right. So, Nikki, I want to get back to that recent trip to Greece, yeah. your first time yeah. out of the country. What gave the original idea for this? We were doing um, meetups around the city, that big meetups where we get together. And I was like, let's take it on a bigger Let's a bigger avenue. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. It like our meetups have been magical, but going to a different country and experiencing things and being together for seven days, it was I, I can't even explain with it. how many people this last trip was uh, 10 plus us mm-hmm. and so, like 12 of you, 12 of us. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a party. It was mm-hmm. a party. <laughs> it was a party. <laughs> it sounds amazing. So talk me through, Alex, what went into planning this? Because I can't even get my three best girlfriends together 
for yeah. a group trip. <laughs> I know. It literally has not. I'm not kidding. It has not happened yet. Yeah. Or at least I've not gone because I give up at some point in the process mm-hmm. because somebody, you know, drops the ball at some point. So how did you do it? Well, luckily, we're working with um, a really amazing travel agency mm-hmm. um, who has been helping us navigate all of that. Um, we had a really amazing tour guide, too, on on the trip with us. So basically, we put together the trip and then we just asked people if they wanted to come and they signed up and said yes. And it was amazing, like truly transformative. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we thought it would be like the way that it was. Yeah. Um, what, what were folks saying to you? I'm sure you were getting like instant feedback about just like a lot of um, just being so happy to be with people that they felt comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Linky and I talk about this all the time, but I think it's funny that most of the trip we didn't even talk about being plus size or any of the, you know, things that you think that you would talk about when you're with a bunch of other people who look and, you know, are like you. It was more just like you knew that you were in a safe space and like we were comfortable and like no one was going to judge anyone um, for maybe needing to like walk a little slower or being in that bikini, be in that bikini. Yeah. Like it was just a completely safe space. Some great beaches over there. Yeah. 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 That was actually the best. I think one of the best days. Which part of Greece did you guys go to? Uh, We did Athens and Mykonos. Okay. So, but that beach day was amazing. We were laying out, we were all in our bathing suits. (laughs) It was just so comfortable like to be around people and to not adjust your bathing suit. I mean, straight-sized women, I don't think they've been at a beach and not adjust their bathing suit and mm-hmm. not thinking about the people who are looking at them. So to be in that safe environment, it's kind of magical. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But you, Alex, I hear you lost something pretty important yeah. on the flight. My what baggage. <laughs> <laughs> My bags. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> that you kind of need those. You kind of do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, <laughs> being with a bunch of other plus-size people was the best-case scenario um, because we could all share clothes. And I've lost my bags many a time before, um, and I've never been with someone who's my size. And I've been in places where um, maybe being plus size isn't as normal or they don't have plus size stuff in stores. You have to buy it online. Um, And I've been in that situation where I've had to wear my friend's clothes and I'm just sort of like popping out of them Mm -hmm. or feel really uncomfortable. So in this scenario, it was just like great. Uh, Someone was like, here's some underwear. Nikki, let me borrow like three dresses. <laughs> um, a bathing suit, like bathing all the things. Shoes. Yeah. So it was great. I mean, again, best case scenario because I never felt uncomfortable. I yeah. could wear clothes that actually fit me. It sounds to me like it went better than it might have if you weren't traveling with other plus size women. Yeah. I mean, I lost my hair for like five days. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, it was a long time. It was bad. It's a long time. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's literally my, my worst nightmare. Every time yeah. I travel, I'm like, I should have packed differently because you know how they tell you like, you know, mm-hmm. in your carry on, try to have certain things just yeah. in case you mm-hmm. don't get your bags. I never. I did that. have my. I did bring my makeup in my bag. Oh, good. So I had that and <laughs> um, toiletries. And you had one dress. I had one dress because that can be expensive to replace the makeup. makeup. Oh yeah, my absolutely. Gosh. Having to buy all that back. Oh, yeah. not fun. Well, is there anything that you all did that you think went better than you expected, Nikki? Hmm. I mean, I think the whole trip the whole was trip, better yeah. than what we <laughs> expected. Honestly, um, I don't. We went into it thinking we were going to have a good time, but we didn't expect that we were going to come out and make, like, best friends. I missed them once mm-hmm. I left. Yeah, um, we have a group chat now. We all oh, talk so awesome. almost every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a trip coming up to Italy um, in oh, June. Nice. Yeah. The same group, or have you added on? How are we doing this? Well, we actually, uh, at least six of the girls are who coming. came 
to Greece with us are coming with mm-hmm. us to Italy. So, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, um, but return customers. More. I know, <laughs> I know. But we have six others that didn't go on that trip, and twelve more people can still sign up. Um, and then we are launching a trip to Spain in October as well. So oh, we're awesome. going to all the places. Yeah. How do folks sign up? Uh, they can go to our Instagram. Just search "Swipe Bat" and um, the links in our bio. So, what tips do you have for the folks listening? You know, someone might be listening who wants to plan a plus-size-friendly trip like yours and, and doesn't know where to begin, what would you suggest? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a lot of research. And I think that that's the thing that sort of sucks about it in general is that we just have to do more research and you have to ask more questions. So, okay, pay, figure out the place that you want to go and then start looking at the activities like you normally would for any trip and then start calling emailing and asking the questions, um, especially if you want to do activities and make sure to call ahead, like going to the spa. Um, if you want to go to the spa and you want to make sure that they have robes that fit you, mm-hmm. I would call ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to do an activity like bungee jumping, bungee jumping, I would just call and get a weight limit just so you don't show up or spend the money without That's a good idea. research. If you call ahead, you kind of set you know, the tone. Yeah. You set the tone as to how you're going to enjoy your vacation. And nowadays, there's so many resources online. There's so many plus-size influencers. There's plus-size travel guides. Just do a little extra research online, and that'll make things a lot easier. Make you more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That's Nikki Nunez and Alex Stewart. They're co-hosts of the podcast Swipe Fat. Thank you both so much. What a great idea. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. This episode of Reset was produced by Sarah Stark, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab. Subscribe to the Reset podcast so that you can catch every episode of our Bias Against Body series. We'll be dropping new episodes from the series every day this week. That's it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.